Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Friday, February 16th. Happy Do a Grouch a Favor Day, which sounds silly, I know, but this may be the deepest and most intricate one of these goofy holidays so far. Because what this day's really about is having forgiveness and patience in your heart instead of narcissism, like usual. Because everybody knows at least one grouch, maybe even more than one. Of course, if everybody you know is a grouch, it probably ain't them. If people start doing you favors today, that's a clue. Or maybe you fell in that trap of thinking your co-worker's a grouch just cause he ain't as interested in your favorite soap opera or your kid's little league game or your cat's quinceanera or whatever as you think he ought to be. No, we're talking about somebody who's overflowing with negativity and can't take no joy in nothing. That's the exact kind of person needs your forgiveness. But Bible y'all Paul, what if they don't deserve my forgiveness? Or, what if I forgive them and they don't even appreciate it? Well, if they deserve it, it ain't forgiveness. And if you're expecting something in return, it ain't either. Here's the deal. When Jesus died on the cross, he went in our place as the final sacrifice for all humanity, past, present, and future. And when he said, it is finished, the Greek word he used basically means paid in full. Which is what happened. He paid your sin debt in full. Therefore, don't me or nobody, except God, got the right to try to collect on any your sins. If I try to claim you still owe me something, like an apology, well, that's just prideful and me trying to be like God again. Jesus already settled that debt, and he's a way better judge of who owes what to who than I am. Plus, whatever judgment I mete out is getting measured right back on me. So I'ma just stay out of Jesus' way and let him handle the God stuff. Our reading for today is Leviticus 1, 1 through 3.17, Mark 1, 29 through 2, 12, Psalm 35, 17 through 28, and Proverbs 9, 13 through 18. So if y'all are ready, sometimes the squaw wakes up grouchy, but usually she lets me sleep. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squaw do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday on the 15th in the Old Testament, we read Exodus 39.1 through 40.38. We finished the book of Exodus. And chapter 39 is a review of all the stuff they built for the tabernacle, ephods and candlesticks and whatnot. And again, I'm reluctant to review it in any detail, even though there's a lot of symbolism involved in it, because to do it justice, we'll be here all night. And I'm just not educated enough to do it. But I encourage y'all to look into it because it's fascinating. But the last verse says, And Moses did look upon all the work, and behold, they had done it as the Lord had commanded. Even so, they had done it, and Moses blessed them. And chapter 40 starts out with God spelling out to Moses when and how to set up the tabernacle. It says to do it on the first day of the month and put the ark in there, etc., etc. And I suppose these instructions are repeated so many times to stress their importance. And also because you got to tell the Israelites everything a hundred times and they still want to backslide. So Moses gets it all set up, and then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And that's the way it was for him. Whenever the cloud was on the tabernacle, they camped out and fellowship with the Lord. When the cloud was taken up, they tore the tabernacle down, packed everything up, and followed the cloud to wherever it was they were supposed to go next. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and fire was on it by night, 
in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. And that was the end of that book. The Lord is caring for them miraculously and establishing a dwelling to be among them. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Unless we believe and bond with the Lord, no miracle will secure faith. And then in the New Testament, we read Mark 1, 1 1-28. And the book of Mark was written by a dude named John Mark, who was technically not a disciple. He was too young at the time. But his mother was a follower of Jesus, and he might have met him. And according to tradition, Mark worked for Peter, transcribing his teachings. So it makes sense that he would focus a lot on Peter in his gospel, which he does. He was the son of a widow named Mary, in whose home the disciples would meet, and that may have been the place where they held the Last Supper. John Mark was also the cousin of Barnabas and accompanied Paul and Barnabas on their missionary journeys. And you can tell from the first chapter that his book is fast-paced. He flies through events of Christ's life, and you'll see he uses the word immediately a lot, like he's writing an action thriller. And Mark does stuff like interpret the Hebrew and Aramaic terms, and he uses the Roman reckoning of time instead of the Hebrew, and most people say he wrote his gospel to the Gentiles who aren't overly familiar with Judaism. And he starts out discussing John the Baptist and Jesus' baptism, and he spends three verses on that, and then says, And immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness forty days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered unto him. And that's all he has to say about that. (laughs) Then we skip to John getting thrown in prison, which ain't even a whole sentence, before he says Jesus came to Galilee. Then Jesus calls Simon and Andrew, and two verses later it's James and John, and they went into Capernaum. And straightway, on the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. Then Jesus cast a demon out of a guy who told him, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And he did. And Mark says they were all amazed that even the unclean spirits obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout the whole region. And that's where we stopped. The congregation knew the guy had an unclean spirit. Jesus' fame spread because apparently everyone knew what a person with an unclean spirit was. And they couldn't deal with it. And in Psalms, we read Psalm 35, 1-16. That's a Psalm of David. He's praying to God for his help. It says, Take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for mine help. Draw out also the spear and stop the way against them that persecute me. So somebody's after David, which somebody always was. So he prays for their destruction and says, If they do get destroyed, my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. And verse 11 says, False witnesses did rise up. They laid to my charge things that I knew not. And they will. There's a line in the poem If by Rudyard Kipling, which is all about manhood, and you young fellas need to read it if you haven't. And if I remember, I'll post it to fake book. And I cry every time I read it. And if any of you young fellows have trouble reading it, email me. But anyway, there's a line that says, If you can hear the truth you've spoken twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, because you better be able to handle that, because it's guaranteed to happen. In my experience, way more often than not, people hear what they want to hear. And no matter how clearly you explain yourself, if you ask them to repeat it back to you, it'll be darn near the opposite. And I'm guilty of that too, lots of times. And that's kind of the theme of the rest of this section. 
David talks about how he does the right thing all the time, but he's unappreciated, and in mine adversity, they rejoiced. And my advice would be to check yourself and make sure you're not rejoicing in somebody else's adversity, because it's real easy to do. Like, for instance, around the table in the break room at work, about that coworker nobody likes, would be one example. The beautiful thing is, we are all a masterpiece in progress. We build each other up, and sometimes that involves a little sparring. I think that's why fellowship is so important to the Lord. He wants his family to know each other in him and not just go along to get along. Fellowship and forgiveness go hand in hand. Can't have one without the other. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 9, 11, and 12, which says, For by me, meaning wisdom, Thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. So if you want to live a long time, be wise, just like she was saying the day before yesterday. And verse 12 says, If thou be wise, thou shalt be wise for thyself. But if thou scornest, thou alone shalt bear it. And what's interesting about that is, this verse in the Septuagint is way longer. It says, My son, if thou wilt be wise for thyself, thou shalt be wise also for thy neighbors. But if thou turn out evil... Thou alone shalt bear evil. He who resteth on lies shall guide the winds, and the same shall hunt after winged birds. For he hath left the ways of his own vineyard, and has gone astray with the wheels of his own husbandry. He goeth through a wilderness without water, and over a land set in thirsty places. And with his hands he gathereth barrenness. Wow. Yeah, that's good. Wisdom enlists help by its humility and benefits beyond its possessor. The scorner, not so much. What he possesses, no one wants any part of. He's full of pride. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for February 16th is Leviticus 1.1-3.17. through The Book of Leviticus And the Lord called unto Moses, and spake unto him out of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, If any man of you bring an offering unto the Lord, ye shall bring your offering of the cattle, even of the herd, and of the flock. If his offering be a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it of his own voluntary will at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord. And he shall put his hand upon the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. And he shall kill the bullock before the Lord. And the priests, Aaron's sons, shall bring the blood, and sprinkle the blood round about upon the altar that is by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he shall flay the burnt offering, and cut it into his pieces. And the sons of Aaron the priest shall put fire upon the altar, and lay the wood in order upon the fire. And the priests, Aaron's sons, shall lay the parts, the head and the fat, in order upon the wood that is on the fire, which is upon the altar. But his inwards and his legs shall he wash in water. And the priest shall burn all on the altar to be a burnt sacrifice." an offering made by fire, of a sweet savor unto the Lord. And if his offering be of the flocks, namely of the sheep, or of the goats, for a burnt sacrifice, he shall bring it a male without blemish, and he shall kill it on the side of the altar northward before the Lord. And the priests, Aaron's sons, shall sprinkle his blood round about upon the altar, and he shall cut it into his pieces, with his head and his fat. And the priests shall lay them in order on the wood that is on the fire which is upon the altar. But he shall wash the inwards and the legs with water. And the priest shall bring it all, and burn it upon the altar. It is a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. And if the burnt sacrifice for his offering to the Lord be of fowls, 
then he shall bring his offering of turtle doves or of young pigeons. And the priest shall bring it unto the altar, and wring off his head, and burn it on the altar. And the blood thereof shall be wrung out at the side of the altar. And he shall pluck away his crop with his feathers, and cast it beside the altar on the east part, by the place of the ashes. And he shall cleave it with the wings thereof, but shall not divide it asunder. And the priest shall burn it upon the altar, upon the wood that is upon the fire. It is a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. Chapter 2 And when any will offer a meat offering unto the Lord, his offering shall be of fine flour, and he shall pour oil upon it, and put frankincense thereon. And he shall bring it to Aaron's sons the priests. And he shall take thereout his handful of the flour thereof, and of the oil thereof, with all the frankincense thereof. And the priest shall burn the memorial of it upon the altar, to be an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. And the remnant of the meat offering shall be Aaron's and his sons. It is a thing most holy of the offerings of the Lord made by fire. And if thou bring an oblation of a meat offering, bacon in the oven, it shall be unleavened cakes of fine flour mingled with oil, or unleavened wafers anointed with oil. And if thy oblation be a meat offering, bacon in a pan, it shall be of fine flour unleavened, mingled with oil. Thou shalt part it in pieces, and pour oil thereon. It is a meat offering. And if thy oblation be a meat offering bacon in the frying pan, it shall be made of fine flour with oil. And thou shalt bring the meat offering that is made of these things unto the Lord. And when it is presented unto the priest, he shall bring it unto the altar. And the priest shall take from the meat offering a memorial thereof, and shall burn it upon the altar. It is an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. And that which is left of the meat offering shall be Aaron's and his sons. It is a thing most holy of the offerings of the Lord made by fire. No meat offering which ye shall bring unto the Lord shall be made with leaven. For ye shall burn no leaven, nor any honey, in any offering of the Lord made by fire. As for the oblation of the firstfruits, ye shall offer them unto the Lord, but they shall not be burnt on the altar for a sweet savor. And every oblation of thy meat offering shalt thou season with salt. Neither shalt thou suffer the salt of the covenant of thy God to be lacking from thy meat offering. With all thine offerings thou shalt offer salt. And if thou offer a meat offering of thy firstfruits unto the Lord, thou shalt offer for the meat offering of thy firstfruits green ears of corn dried by the fire, even corn beaten out of full ears. And thou shalt put oil upon it, and lay frankincense thereon. It is a meat offering. And the priest shall burn the memorial of it, part of the beaten corn thereof, and part of the oil thereof, with all the frankincense thereof. It is an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Chapter 3 And if his oblation be a sacrifice of peace offering, if he offer it of the herd, whether it be a male or female, he shall offer it without blemish before the Lord. And he shall lay his hand upon the head of his offering, and kill it at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Aaron's sons, the priests, shall sprinkle the blood upon the altar round about. And he shall offer of the sacrifice of the peace offering, an offering made by fire unto the Lord. The fat that covereth, the inwards, and all the fat that is upon the inwards, and the two kidneys, and the fat that is on them, which is by the flanks, and the call above the liver, with the kidneys. It shall he take away. And Aaron's son shall burn it on the altar upon the burnt sacrifice, which is upon the wood that is on the fire. It is an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. And if his offering for a sacrifice of peace offering unto the Lord be of the flock, male or female, he shall offer it without blemish. If he offer a lamb for his offering, then shall he offer it before the Lord. And he shall lay his hand upon the head of his offering, and kill it before the tabernacle of the congregation. And Aaron's sons shall sprinkle the blood thereof round about upon the altar. And he shall offer of the sacrifice of the peace offering, an offering made by fire unto the Lord. 
the fat thereof and the whole rump, it shall he take off hard by the backbone, and the fat that covereth the inwards, and all the fat that is upon the inwards, and the two kidneys, and the fat that is upon them, which is by the flanks, and the call above the liver with the kidneys, it shall he take away, and the priest shall burn it upon the altar. It is the food of the offering made by fire unto the Lord. And if his offering be a goat, then he shall offer it before the Lord, and he shall lay his hand upon the head of it, and kill it before the tabernacle of the congregation. And the sons of Aaron shall sprinkle the blood thereof upon the altar round about. And he shall offer thereof his offering, even an offering made by fire unto the Lord. The fat that covereth the inwards, and all the fat that is upon the inwards, and the two kidneys, and the fat that is upon them, which is by the flanks, and the call above the liver with the kidneys, it shall he take away. And the priest shall burn them upon the altar. It is the food of the offering made by fire for a sweet savor. All the fat is the Lord's. It shall be a perpetual statute for your generations throughout all your dwellings, that ye eat neither fat nor blood. And our reading in the New Testament for February 16th is Mark 1.29 through 2.12. And forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew, with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. And at even, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased, and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases, and cast out many devils, and suffered not the devils to speak, because they knew him. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there he prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. And he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. And he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee, and cast out devils. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus, moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him and saith unto him, I will, be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him, and forthwith sent him away, and saith unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, shew thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded, for a testimony unto them. But he went out, and began to publish it much, and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places. And they came to him from every quarter. Chapter 2 And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them, and they come unto him bringing one sick of the palsy which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there, and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, and take up thy bed, and walk? But, that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, 
I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. And our reading in Psalms for February 16th is Psalm 35, 17-28. Lord, how long wilt thou look on? Rescue my soul from their destructions, my darling from the lions. I will give thee thanks in the great congregation. I will praise thee among much people. Let not them that are mine enemies wrongfully rejoice over me. Neither let them wink with the eye that hate me without a cause. For they speak not peace, but they devise deceitful matters against them that are quiet in the land. Yea, they opened their mouth wide against me, and said, Aha, aha, our eye hath seen it. This thou hast seen, O Lord, keep not silence. O Lord, be not far from me. Stir up thyself, and awake to my judgment, even unto my cause, my God and my Lord. Judge me, O Lord my God, according to thy righteousness, and let them not rejoice over me. Let them not say in their hearts, Ah, so would we have it. Let them not say, We have swallowed him up. Let them be ashamed and brought to confusion together that rejoice at mine hurt. Let them be clothed with shame and dishonor that magnify themselves against me. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all the day long. And our reading in Proverbs for February 16th is Proverbs 9, 13-18. A foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knoweth nothing. For she sitteth at the door of her house, on a seat in the high places of the city, to call passengers who go right on their ways. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. And as for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, Stolen waters are sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he knoweth not that the dead are there, and that her guests are in the depths of hell. And that'll do it for the sixteenth. Okay, y'all. Let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is about Psalm 27:14, which says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on keeping on track, because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, waiting is one of the most difficult things we humans do. We stand in lines everywhere we go, and usually sit in traffic to get there. But being impatient with the fallen world inevitably results in frustration with your timing, Lord. But we must wait for you. Moving ahead of your schedule is taking matters into our own hands. To lag behind is to miss your blessings. Teach us, Father, to have a heart like David had for you, and let intimacy with you overcome our need to have it all right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. That's all the Bible y'all and I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody that's listening and let this podcast be helpful to them. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like what we're doing and you want to support it, what I really need is for y'all to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. And if you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, just try not to make them worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all.
As for the oblation of the first few, as for the oblation of the first fruits, one more try. As for the oblation, uh, 